Welcome back to the Game Plan NFL Week 10 DFS and Betting Angles Breakdown. Right, everyone, welcome back to the game plan NFL week 10 betting angles breakdown. My name is Kevin Allen, aka the geek from DFS Army. I've got my man, John Statsational Alessia, top 10 DFS GOAT, number one sports better that I know. That's pretty good. What's going on, John? It's high praise, man. It's high praise. Top guy. You're my top guy, my go to guy. Well, I don't know. You know, Gargano's replacing you a little bit for me as my <laughs> as my um, as my Italian buddy, my Italian like Goomba best friend. Yeah, you know, I'm 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 not going to say I'm not jealous. You're jealous. I, I knew. I it. am a little jealous of you and Gargano. I knew it. Um, I knew it. But I still got the love. And of course, the game plan is sponsored by Owners Box Weekly Fantasy Sports. Love this site. You can play. Weekly Fantasy Sports over there. The uh, the NFL product they have is really cool because it is Superflex. And I love me some Superflex, right? And now they've got their NBA product where you can actually check it out for free. Use promo code NBA10. They give you a $10 ticket to enter their big NBA weekly contest, John. It's free. What are you waiting for? Free money? Oh, I hate free money. I don't want it. I don't want it. That's like going to the supermarket and they've got to buy one, get one free special, and you only buy one. Like, dude, the second one is free. So go check out Owner's Box Fantasy. Their NBA product is actually really, really cool because it runs over the course of a full week. So you can actually like set it up like a best ball where you have players. They only allow six point guard weeks. But you can you can put a player in there that has seven or eight. You know, each they split it up, they split up their salary based on the number of games. It's a really cool site, and there's a lot of strategy that you can use. Um, to easily win if you're paying attention. So check out Owner's Box Fantasy. And of course, John is here representing the Sharp app. So make sure if you want John's betting picks, he is posting free picks every single day over at the Sharp app. They're smashing. You just got to download the app. Go to the iStore, uh, the, uh, the uh, Android store, the iOS store the app store, wherever you get your apps and you type in Sharp App, you can get the best bet tracking platform in the world. It track bets, compare odds, content, all focused on sports betting. So, and, and an awesome, awesome um, display for player props, which I love. And that's the thing I use the most. I go right to the game center, boom, hit the props. I can get all the props in one spot. I don't have to run around to 50 different books. And that's really, really um, great for me. It's helpful. It's helpful. So here we go. Game plan, NFL Week 10. And, John, we do have a couple games on today's slate that really, uh, or on, on the weekend slate, that actually finally stand out as something um, to, you know, as, as something to target. Let's put it that way. Right, we've had a hard time finding games to target, and now for the core four, John, I'm going to tell you which four games we've picked out, and we'll we'll get started with it. But um, we got Packers Seattle in a close game. 
we've got Vikings Chargers in what seemed like it might be the best game of the week, but now I'm not so sure with the whole Chargers co- uh, Vikings COVID situation. We'll talk about that. Um, Atlanta Dallas, perhaps, and uh, and Tampa Washington. You know, Washington bleeding points. So that's the core four, and that's the format of this show. We're going to look at our core four DFS games to target, and then a brief look at all of the rest for some DFS or betting angles. John, are you ready for this? As ready as I'm going to be, man. Love it. All right, let's start with the first game on the core four. We got the Falcons at the Cowboys. Cowboys at home, minus nine favorites. Game total, 54 and a half points. You know, I I feel like the Falcons, John, are like the most schizophrenic team of them all. They just will look like absolute dog shit one week on offense. And then they'll look pretty good. And you're like, who are these guys? And I still don't, I still don't have a read. Do you? No, because you know, when you watch it, especially like Ryan, I mean, Ryan looks pretty terrible. Like, you know, he just he looks like his age. He can't move. He doesn't look that great. I didn't think he'd have anything close to like a game like he had last week in him. Um, I just didn't I, I didn't think he had any many more of those to go. So he's proving me wrong there. But yeah, no, I agree with you. They have weeks where they just come out and look awful. I mean, they, I, they, they lost to the Giants this year. They, you know, they, they've had some atrocious losses. I um, definitely was not expecting what they did last week, and I feel even grosser DFS world to chase it. I don't like chasing uh, a pop game from a guy that is only going to pop off a few times a year. It, it it makes me feel all gross. It should make you feel gross. Um, but just quickly on the on the betting the betting angles on this one. Um, the money's coming in on Dallas pretty significantly. Uh, I, I think it's one of those situations. I think team, I think uh, players now, betters, really are buying into that narrative of good teams off a bad loss. Mm-hmm. Right? There's no real, there's no real data that supports that. Like there's data like, from this year. This year that it's strongly really, supports it. Yeah, but long term. You know, it it doesn't necessarily. You know, I I've done that in the past, where I like that I like that angle, but it's it's kind of caught up. Like the books have kind of caught up to it, and that's why you're seeing a line here that opened at nine, and is up to uh, nine and a half, ten in some in some places because the money is just coming in on Dallas. So what happens is the public now on these bad teams that going coming off a uh, really bad loss, teams that they they think are good teams or the the elite teams in the league. They just always figure that that was a one-off and it's a bounce back. And now you've got the the um, the double side of that where Atlanta was on the road last week and they had a pretty um, impressive win. Yes. So, it's like so you've all got the double the, whammy here. All the factors are in place for what we want to fade at the, uh, at the sports book. Everything. It's all in play in this game right here. But the sports book adjusted for it. Uh, Cowboys minus nine. It's a bit, it's a bit much. It's it's a lot. You know, it's funny. These are the two teams that destroyed survivor pools last week. Not Buffalo. Like no one really had Buffalo left. They had used Buffalo, right? Yeah, yeah Buffalo was pretty used, but yeah. Dallas losing and Atlanta winning were two of the bigger blows to people in survivor pools. So those of you who are in survivor pools and survive, uh pretty lucky. Did, those did you pools are, did you did you make it through, John? I've I've made it through because only you know, I'm in a, I'm in a few pools where I have a lot of entries. Um, so I'm ahead of the game now when you figure out my equity compared to oh, okay. where I started. Sneak. So I've got more entries relative to where I started than the 
overall market does in, in all my pools. But yeah, the one though on DraftKings, I actually had uh, I had an option between the Saints and Baltimore, and I, and I took the Saints. So that one, I am now out um, the, uh, on that one. So that was that was Baltimore. A tight. Baltimore looks sketchy too. They were sketchy. Yeah. Um, certainly could have lost. They I mean went to overtime, so certainly could have lost. It was it was listen. Pittsburgh was the other big one, and they and they could have lost on Monday night. It was a crazy week. We'll see what happens this week. If Dallas loses this week, it's going to really. Um, put people people a lot of people are going to win their pools this week um with that because we're down to so few and so many pools but anyway yeah that's that's the story from the betting side the public is going to be all over dallas and um they'll be teasing dallas down they'll be hey dallas is no way they lose two games in a row but i think atlanta is gonna at a minimum i don't have a bet on this game but I, i do think atlanta will be able to uh score some points here i don't anticipate necessarily ryan having as as big a game, but I, I do think Dallas as well. Like if Atlanta's going to be in this game, it's going to be high scoring. Yes. So, you know, I said I said that last week. Remember, I mentioned the Buffalo game where we were talking about the narrative, and I said you just don't need the comeback with Jacksonville. What did I say? Like that game was going to be if it was close, it was going to be ten three at the half. It was going to be twenty. It wound up being nine six. Like you know that was a little crazy, but that's the only way Jacksonville was going to be in that game if their defense somehow stepped up. They they were never going to score. In this game, I could see Atlanta putting points up on the board, and that's how they would keep this game close. So I do like playing this game as a game stack. Yeah, I agree. The, the way that uh, the Cowboys offense has been operating, they are going to be comfortable sitting on the run if they're ahead in the game. So I don't think a Dallas dominates the game narrative leads to a tournament winning um, production upside from Dak or any of his pass catchers. My my overall take on this game and and especially the Dallas side because it's really hard to play anybody. Like it's really hard to like the players on the Atlanta side and I'll get to them. But on the Dallas side, if CD Lamb is going to produce enough to pay off his massive salary on DraftKings, he's up there with the studs. Dak has to be smashing. So the way I'm looking and the same for Cooper. Like we're not seeing the it, it's those elevated target share games. And actually I'm going to throw in Uh, Michael Gallup in the mix as well. Now you've got Gallup coming back and Gallup might be my favorite of them all. So the way I look at it in a Dak spike game where he goes over 40 targets in the game and ideally up to 50, which is something we saw a lot of last season when they played from behind in that kind of a game, all the elements of the team are going to get uplifted. But if the game isn't this sort of high-scoring affair, then I, I expect Dallas to lean on the run. So game stacks are the name of the game for me exclusively. So if I'm playing CD, I do kind of feel that I need to bring it back with some pieces from the Falcons. Falcons got to be smashing. Um, uh, Dallas playing catch-up. So th- for this game for me is going to be a mix them up I'll play Dak. I'll play Gallup. I'll play CD or Cooper. I'm going to throw in either... I mean, I don't love Gage up against Trey Diggs. I, I actually think he's probably unplayable. So it, it's probably got to be Kyle Pitts. It's got to be Cordero Patterson. That's the two on the on the um, on the Falcon side for me. And I'm not chasing uh, Zacchaeus' score. I don't know. Fuck that. I'm not chasing that. I don't care what he does. I'm. I, I don't know. I guess I should, but I. Uh, I makes me sick to do it. Zacchaeus with the two touchdowns, I think, last week. Yeah, I mean. You, you, you know how it is. You can't take chase touchdowns in in, uh, in this thing. Touchdowns yeah. are kind of fickle, um, but I think the two tight ends in this game are, are going to be key. Um, so I, I like both tight ends. I like Schultz and I like Pitts. 
uh, and I like Patterson on the um, on the Atlanta side of this. So th- those are the ones that I'd be focused on the most. I have zero faith, zero faith in a spike game from Cooper. Cooper's cheaper. Cooper's the play in DFS if you just want to play one of these guys because Cooper and Lamb don't really have a very different outlook each week. And I'm not. You can't pay all the way up. It's th- It's it's over. It's like fifteen hundred more for Lamb compared to Cooper. There's no, there's really no rhyme or reason to that. So I'm not doing that. But um, overall, Cooper might be a standalone piece. Gallup and Lamb for me are exclusively game stack pieces in this game. And I think Cordero Patterson's been doing the same thing every week. Expect ten tar- carries, six or seven targets, and somewhere between ten to twenty-two fantasy points. If you're cool with that on a six K player. I guess he could spike beyond it a little bit in a crazy upswing type of a game. So I just just go in understanding what the expectations are. All right, John, let's move on. Game number two in the core four. We've got the Vikings taking on, where is it? The Chargers, 53-point total, three-and-a-half-point spread. Chargers home favorites. I very much like the Chargers in this one. Yeah, you you would not be alone there. Um, the public likes the Chargers. Minnesota to me is very underrated. Look at look at the games they played. They just have not been able to get over the hump and win those games. Arizona, I believe, was an overtime game that they had uh, this year. Last week was an overgame, right with. Um, with uh, with Baltimore, uh, they've been in really games so far this year. I mean, the 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 losses that they had, I think, they've been losses, but they've been quality. Cincinnati in Week One, right? They had uh, da- now the Dallas game. They they lose without they lost to a, a Dallas Dallas team. So that one that one was kind of painful. But the team, I think, this is a better team that for whatever reason just has not been able to win games. So I think it's, it's a better team than the market. Uh, thing well, not necessarily the market. I guess when I say the market, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the average player, the average sports better, uh, is looking at the record, and I just think they're better than their record. Although you know we know what Parcell said, you you kind of are what you are, but I think this is gonna be a tight game. The Chargers haven't looked great either, um, so I think it's gonna be a tight game. I think if I had to lean one side of this game, I'm gonna take it and and hope I could find the three and a half somewhere. And there are a few outs where you could get that. And I would lean towards the Viking side of this game. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm definitely on the other side of it. And, and part of that is because my boy um, Kanger, Minnesota Minnesota special, has fed me some information. And we're monitoring this, that a big chunk of the Vikings offensive line looks like they might be out with the COVID. There's a lot of contacts. We're going to get some serious info on this game. I actually, I bet it. And I bet it because I think that if the whole team is going to be out with the vid, that is a bad scene for um, for the Vikings on the road. I mean, it's certainly going to change things, yeah. but I'm going at it without. That's what I'm saying. I, I'm not. I, listen, I'm not. I'm not contrasting the goat. I don't do that. That's not me. I'm just saying there's a little bit of insider info, DFS Army style, um, that maybe maybe there's some issues on the offensive line, which would be a serious problem for these guys. I do think the Chargers are a better team overall. So, you know, hate the three and a half, love the two and a half number, but I do think the Chargers are a better team overall. Now, as far as DFS angles go, so, of course, reactionary as the salary algorithms are, 
very reactionary. All of a sudden, Keenan Allen is now elevated to Mr. Expensive, where um, Mike Williams is now in the 6K range. Keenan Allen, um, 6700 above Mike Williams in, in salary uh, on DraftKings. And um, I don't like that, right? Keenan Allen, not a guy who's popped off. He hasn't scored enough to pay off 4X on his current DraftKings salary, not once, not once this season. Don't like it. The guy who does pop off on occasion is Mike Williams. So the Mike Williams side of the wide receiver um, split for the Chargers is the one I'm interested in. Uh, Mike Williams has a, a wide range of outcomes, but John, you know this very well, and this is like a big statsational philosophy. Like, I don't give a fuck if he has that bad game. What I care about are the times he has the good game because if my lineup isn't winning uh, or it's not taken first, it might as well take last. Don't care. So yeah. Mike, Mike Williams, if I'm, I'm just gonna bring this up because I wanna I wanna show the contrast on screen here so everybody understands what we're talking about. I'll, I'll bring it up, but if you look at what Williams does most weeks, oh no, this ain't gonna do it. That's that's Thursday not special. Um, if you look at what Mike Williams does most weeks, he either pops off for thirty plus or he gets you like a five, and. 6,600 on DraftKings, back down to reasonable price points. You know, 7, 4, 3, 39, 2, 36, 22, 22. So 6, 12, 8, and 24. Any of these, the 22, the 22, the 26, the 39, those are absolutely smash your, you know, that's tournament winning value or, or really close to it at the bottom end of the range. And of course, these are, your lineup is dead, shut it down and, you know, Go watch uh, Big Bro. Uh, what is it? Uh, the Bachelor. Silver. It's done. Go hang with your wife. Forget it. Well, I'll tell you this week. You know, Minnesota has not been good against wide receivers. No, they don't have anybody to stop this guy, and and that's what it is. I think the past few weeks we haven't liked Mike Williams because he they've been facing elite cornerback play, and when you do that, okay, we're naturally just going to go away. I, I can actually I can actually kind of take you through it because we haven't been on Mike Williams. For the last few weeks, perfectly for that reason. Philadelphia, Darius Hayward, slight. You've got um, New England with um, – they don't have anybody, actually. There's no excuse Yeah, there. but they've been really – New England's yeah. been pretty good. True. Overall. Baltimore with uh, Marlone, Cheeto, Humphrey, right? So you have name brand cornerback uh, play in some of these games that have been sort of holding Williams down. All right, all right you're going to fucking put him on Williams. We'll go to Keenan Allen. No problem, right? Um the, you the had team a around game. them all for some of the top teams against wide receivers. Like they're three of the top five or six teams against wide receivers. They're now going into a game with one of the bottom three or four yeah. teams against wide receivers this year. So. Which is which is another reason to like um, Herbert as well. So I like that side of the game. If uh, Cousins popped off, I think last week he could pop off again here. But the Chargers are one of the top teams against wide receivers, so I don't think it's as likely. I think what might help. I don't know if this helps. I actually think it'll hurt. I, I mean, I don't think the running game will be as effective if all half of the offensive linemen are out this week. We, we it's hard to it's hard to really judge it right now because that information is not um, true or or definitive in any way. So stay tuned on that. We'll see what happens. Um, Dalvin Cook, do you care about the narrative stuff? I you know I'm not a big narrative guy. So. I don't. Ca- I I'm just I want to point out I don't care about it at all. It's yeah. completely irrelevant to the game. Don't ever allow some stuff like that to affect a fantasy football 
or DFS decision. That that that's the way I would go the opposite. If if the field's like, oh, he's got problems, he's not going to play well, I go the opposite of that every time. Um, I, those those narratives are bullshit. All right, next up in the core four, we've got Seattle taking on the Packers. Green Bay at home, three and a half point favorites. The return of AA Ron, perhaps. Not sure. Um, what do you do in a game like this, John, where, you know, Russell Wilson's coming off a long injury, although I'm hearing he's looking good in practice, practicing in full right now. But scarier is the Aaron Rodgers side. Like this guy, if he gets cleared to play, it's not going to be, it hadn't happened yet. So he definitely hasn't practiced yet. It's Thursday. Can he just come in and be fine? And yeah, like, that oh, I don't worry about. What's that? I don't, you, I don't worry about Aaron You Rodgers. don't worry about the fact that he hasn't played for two weeks. Maybe no. had actually had COVID. Like, have you had, I mean, that shit takes some stuff out of you. Maybe sometimes possibly, you know, like, I don't but know, I don't really, but he hasn't had a bet. He, ha he has not had a bet. It's not like he's been out because he's sick. He's out because of these ridiculous rules that they put in place, but he has COVID. He did get the, he illness. did get COVID, but he's yeah. been fine. He hasn't, he, I don't think he's had crazy symptoms. Um, you know, as far as I've heard, if, if I don't I know, you, if you know something different, no, but I don't believe I, I he's had that. anything. I think, I think the general public, is wishing he would die because you know they oh my god would, he's that would he's, feed the narrative but he's, he's um he's I think a he's monster fine. he's a monster yeah because he chose not to get um vaccinated a monster he's also apparently he's Cancel allergic him. to one of the uh to one of the ingredients in the vaccine which they spe specifically tell you not to take what do you think if you he has an allergy to one oh, of the ingredients dude I, I don't that this show isn't for that I'm yeah, not know. you know what I'm not gonna do it but, but yeah, I'm not going to go. The point there. is, he he is not. I, as far as I know, he has not been sick. He's not. You know, it's not a shortness. I am not worried about him having not practiced in a couple of weeks. It's Aaron Rodgers, so that part I'm not worried about. I'd be more concerned with with Wilson because it was an actual injury. Um, and I, you know, I always kind of question. I don't know specifically um, the. You know, I, I I've I've read things about like hamstrings and how long. Like um, you know, I was monitoring that with CMC where you don't want to take them first week back, second week, but it usually takes two, three weeks. I'm not 100% sure on, a, on an injury like this. Plus, it's a quarterback. So, um, you know, and Wilson does does run a bit and um, does use his legs, but not quite in the same way as a, as a Lamar Jackson or, or a Kyler Murray. So I think I'm going to – I think I'm going to just play this as if Wilson was 100% healthy and, and just go with it. If we do that, this would be the best game of the week. Let me ask you this on the betting angles because I, I I gotta I gotta dive deeper. If if healthy Aaron Rodgers and healthy Wilson were coming into this game and we knew that in advance, do we think that the the game total here would be forty nine? Because to me, I think the game total would be more like a fifty three and a half. Like healthy Aaron coming off a good win, you know. If if this sort of um, mystery of the quarterbacks wasn't in play. Do you think the game total would be higher or am I misreading that? No, 49 sounds about right for this matchup. It's actually, I think it's right. I mean, look at some of the games now, granted. All right. You got to throw the green Bay game out last week. Wasn't Rogers. Um, do we want to just, I, we keep totally punting week one with Rogers. got to punt the week one, you know, all right, fine. Yeah. Three, but they did, you know, what, what were their other games and look at Seattle. Right. So, I mean, what, what have been the, uh, the scores of these games? Like, the, they're not it's it's not a lock that this is going to be a smash game. We we're looking at the fact that it's, you know, it's Rodgers and Wilson, but 
Um, you always like to say how Rogers likes to milk the clock. And, he will. And he will milk the clock. You know when that turns off? So the, it's definitely not a lot. He will milk the clock. And by the way, so will Seattle. These are both teams. You're right. They're both teams that will milk the clock down. Seattle will play a close game, try to win it with the final drive. I don't think that's a smart move when Aaron Rodgers is opposing you. You got to build a 10 pointer. If you're going up against Aaron Rodgers, you just should, you know, he's, he's going to drive down the field, but both of these teams are perfectly comfortable milking the clock down. Aaron Rodgers never snaps the ball before two, a couple seconds left. That's what he do. Watch the games. You know what I mean? That's what he does every time. So you're right. But if one starts scoring, and this is where it gets a little lopsided, if one team's doing it, the other team's capable of coming back quickly. So I think there's the potential for it to pop, but I agree with you. You know, the, it, I don't, I'm just, just at 55%. I think if it go, if it pops, it's going to pop well over 49 points. Like you can all of a sudden have a 69 point total, you know, finish here if, if things go a certain way. But you're, you're right. There's also um, two teams that will play conservatively if they can. And you might end up, you know, looking at 17 to 23 going into the final drive of the game that, you know, that could happen as well. So um, I could see that uh, as well. As far as as far as um, the DFS angles for this, John, this is the ultimate game stack situation. I mean, I don't play, you know, I don't I don't play Aaron Rodgers that when it's not in a game stack. He's not the guy. He hasn't popped off all season. He tends not to coming off the vid you know, extra sketchy and, and the same with Russell. I don't, I never play him unless it's part of a game stack, which is fine because some of these salaries for some of the guys in this game are really reasonable. And so you can just game stack and no problem. And, and the, the, the Seattle, Seattle doesn't have good running back play anymore. They're just dealing with a bunch of garbaggio at the position right now. So the expectation for me, if you give me a healthy, um, if you give me a healthy, Wilson, DK Metcalf, 6,800, Tyler Lockett, 6,500. Both these guys in the 6K range, I mean, it's just a little bit lower. Like, I'd much rather have DK Metcalf for the upside compared to Deontay Johnson, who cannot pass 23 fantasy points no matter how many times they throw to him. You know, DK Metcalf has a chance, you know, to pop off potentially in a game. Um, he's got a couple 25-plus games so far this year already. Not to say... You know, he and 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 I think he's got 30 plus potential any week because of his big playability. You know, Tyler Lockett's been doing really well in games with Russ when Russ was healthy, had a couple of monster games earlier this season, and even did pretty well with Gino. So, you know, it's just two guys for Seattle, and I like that. It's very tight, it's just the two. They don't really have anybody else that they're messing with. And I don't think the running backs are gonna play a major factor in this game. And then on on the Rogers side of the game, I mean, it's even easier. It's just Devonte Adams. I mean, if you're playing, it. so you know, a, a stack might be some combination of you know Metcalf and Adams. And I would even say that if people, I like the idea of mini stacks where you don't even need the quarterbacks. You could just do like Metcalf Adams in a lineup together, or Metcalf Lockett in a lineup together, and just like, hey, that's my that's my exposure to this one. That's that's a way I would approach it. Um, Benjamin, happy Veterans Day. To you, sir, to yeah, all of our Happy veterans. Birthday. I know we got Scotty on here as a vet. I mean, DFS Army, you know, there's no more veteran-friendly place. We sometimes have we sometimes have little, you know, internal disputes between our, our Marine 
crew, our army crew, our navy crew. It's all love here, though. You know, we got them all in DFS Army. And as a matter of fact, in honor of Veterans Day, Ben, and you know this, we love our veterans. We love, we honor their service. I, I really do. I'm such a pussy. Like, I could never, I just have so much respect for these guys that go out and volunteer and 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 love the country the way they do and go out and they, I, I, have, I just, I love it, right? I have a lot of respect for it. So I don't think I would, I like, I don't think I would do it. I, I'm like, then I'm, no. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't have had the balls to go to Afghanistan. And it's, it takes a special person, that's for sure. It does. So, in honor of that, guys, we love our veterans. We got special, DFS Army has always done, here it is, I love it. Here it is, man. DFS Army Veterans Day discount, guys. DM the D, if, if, um, if you're a veteran out there, you've been thinking about signing up for DFS Army, you never, you haven't done it. Hit up our Twitter at DFS Army. Let them know you're a veteran. We got a special, we got a special code for you guys. All right, special military discount uh, on Veterans Day. Let's do it. Hit us up. You get a special rate that no one else gets. Don't steal the valor, though. Not even Gronk. Have you seen those no. commercials? The Gronk with the uh... no Gronk. Don't get a special rate. Yeah. No. No. All right. Atlanta down the Vikings Chargers. Well, just one thing on that Seattle game, though. The Seattle has been really bad against the uh, running backs, so keep that in mind. Aaron, I, I didn't mention you're right. Aaron Jones, I, I never, you know, Aaron Jones. If you look at the running back position this week, it's hard to play Aaron Jones, and it's not because Aaron Jones is good. It's there's some really incredible um, standout plays at running back that you are going to want to play, and it's going to be hard to get them all in there. So Jones's falls in a group of like, yeah, he's fine, but you know, you know, who's my guy this week? I mean, uh, you know, you're like, he's fine, but he's no Najee Harris. That's pretty much my reaction to every running back this week. He's fine, but he's no Christian. He's no Najee Harris. You know, like it's going to go like that a lot. That's how this week is going to go. All right. Last game on the core four. Tampa. Did I skip one? Tampa. No, we got them. All right. There we go. Tampa at Washington or t- Washington at Tampa. Where is this game? The game is, I thought it was down here, but my trick was it on my sheet. Oh, here we go. Oh, Tim oh, Washington. Bucks yeah. at, well, I love that it's at Washington because that gives Washington just that little bit of extra possibility of hanging in there for a little bit. So we got the GOAT, TB12. Heading up to Washington, take on the football team. 51 point total. Bucks, nine and a half point favorites. And um, you know, I, you know me, John. I'm not a lay the points guy. I don't like big spreads like this, but yeah, I kind of think you lay the lay the points here. See, what scares me about you saying that is how how high you were on Washington coming in. Well, I mean, yeah, I've, and I've, now obviously anything. that's changed, but now it's like, you know, uh, have I overreacted? Right. That's my worry here. So I don't have, I don't have a, uh, I don't have a strong opinion on the game from a betting standpoint. The, the market, however, and, and the money is coming in heavily on, uh, on uh, Brady and the Bucks. So we're, we're seeing the actual bets plus the money. It's all coming in on one side. It's all coming in on Tampa. Uh, Tampa's coming off the buy. 
as well. So that's always a so is Washington, right? I think they were both off last week. Um, but yeah, this is a uh, yeah, it's a lot of points on the road, and as we saw last week, dogs not only can win, you know, they they can not only cover nine and a half points, but they can win outright. I'd be shocked here, as I would be shocked if but you know if Buffalo lost to Jacksonville and they did. Yeah, I'd be shocked to see Washington be able to uh, pull off the upset, but I think. You know the potential is there, and and the, you know you always have to figure out how's it going to happen. I think this is another game where Washington might be able to put some points up on the board, which is why we have it in the core four. Right? I I don't see this is not a game that's going to be, uh, you know, fourteen ten at the half, twenty one seventeen final. If Washington covers this game, I think if Washington covers this game, it's because they put up twenty four points. Um, so you know it's not what we're. Yeah, so on the projections there, yeah, what are you getting? Fifty-four points there, thirty-two, twenty-two. It's right, so right where the uh, the market is as a ten-point spread. But yeah, I would agree with that. Where I would say it's going to take twenty-four points for them to cover this game, and if they get twenty-four, that means Tampa is going to probably be in the high twenties to low thirties, and then you've got the makings of a potential game stack here. And I don't like. I mean, we we know the scenario with Tampa. You don't play there. You don't play running backs against them. That has yeah. not changed at all. I mean, that's the one constant that's gone on uh, for the last two years now. So that makes life easier. Like, okay, here's a team that can't stop the run or, or, or just dominate against the run and absolutely cannot stop the pass. Like, Tampa's been terrible against the pass. And what these are two defenses that were phenomenal last year. That, I mean, they played each other in the, in the playoffs, right? And that oh, was a game – I thought that was a big test for Tampa last year. I said it before. I said, boy, if they look strong offensively against Washington, that's how good – Washington's defense was. I thought they were going to win the Super Bowl, and they looked pretty good against Washington. Uh, not great, but they looked good against Washington last year. Now Washington can't stop anybody. So you're looking at one of the worst teams, the worst team against quarterbacks, against Brady, who has been the second best quarterback in points so far this year, behind Lamar Jackson. And, you know, Lamar's doing a lot of that with his legs. So they're facing the best passer. So far this year, I mean, this is this is going to be uh, this could be fantasy gold right here on the Tampa side. And if we could get that really weak, what's Tampa? Tampa is the worst team against the wide receivers this year. So you've got the makings of it. You know, the. Um, the Buck side of this game. No Antonio Brown, probably no Gronk. That means we get a concentrated offense, Brady, Godwin, Evans. That's it. Tyler Johnson. All right, whatever. A little OJ Howard, a rental James Howard. Fine. If Bronk doesn't play, I'm okay with it in stacks. Um, you know, it all focuses on the goat and the arm of the goat, TB12. So, so yeah, I mean, Washington giving up a lot of points, and and I I think you could play the the buck stack no matter what happens with Washington, which means it's not a forced automatic you must stack this game situation for me. But I think the Bucks are going to do their thing no matter what. They're going to be thrown for touchdowns. Got to watch out for Godwin. Got the foot issue right now. Um, yeah, it is definitely something to monitor. And if Godwin is out, I do have a little more concerns. But it might just open up like min salary Tyler Johnson as like an actual viable DFS play. So I'm I'm cool with it either way. I like Brady a lot less. 
if Godwin is out, but but again, it elevates. If Godwin is out, it really elevates OJ Howard. It felt elevates some of these cheaper turds. So it's not a bad thing for us DFS wise because a lot of people won't understand that angle. But Godwin out will elevate some of the cheap turd um, wide receivers on Tampa or or tight end. So that actually works out better in a lot of ways. Mike Evans, great play as well. And the flip side is the nice thing about Washington is they only throw to one guy. Um, the reason I'm low on them, John, is, is yeah, I get the defense. It has not been what was advertised, and it's inexplicable why. There's no reason. They have the same group of players there. So that is a bit of a mystery. Like, why are they not good when they were so good last year? And I have no answer for it. I, I don't really understand it. Um, it's the same team. But they only throw to one guy. The issue with Heineke is he overthrows. I don't, I don't know if it's a mental thing. He just, his accuracy is not good. And I saw a different guy play that was more poised and the accuracy was okay. And I actually think, John, I think it's just mental. I think some people can't relax. Like the difference between a NFL backup and an NFL elite starter is probably a lot more mental more, more often than not than it is physical. And I think it's mental with him. I just, he just cannot keep the throws down. You know how like a, a pitcher, they get a little excited. They can't get the fastball down over the plate. I, I I get a little bit of that with Heineke where he gets a little excited and he just cannot, you know, he's overthrowing his wide receivers constantly. And I've seen him not be that way at times in his career, which tells me, and maybe a little, maybe, I don't know, maybe coming off a break will relax him. We might get a different version that's a little more chill. Delivering passes with a little bit of accuracy. Washington didn't do too many favors just having the one wide receiver on the team either. They really needed a second guy. So maybe somebody will emerge. But um, you really can't play Antonio Brown here, uh, not in uh, Antonio uh, Gibson here. It's not the style of game that would favor his play. I, I don't, you know, I'm not benching him in my season long league, by the way. I'm just like uh, in DFS, I'm not actively targeting uh, players against Tampa. Um, at the running back because he can catch a pass and go for a touchdown, which is why I'm still going to play him in my season long. I don't have a choice, but in, in DFS, there's no reason to force it. And um, on the Washington side, I think there's a lot of goodness. The, the biggest question mark for me, you know, you're not uh, on the Tampa side is, you know, it's not like they're projecting for this great amount of rushing yard totals. It's all via the pass. So 360 passing yards. That's the expectation here. Washington elevated passing for their team at 258. I like it both. So, Yes, definitely a game. I'll be looking at game stack and bring it back with Terry McLaurin. You know, Brady, um, Evans, McLaurin, Brady, Godwin, McLaurin, B Brady, you know, and two of his pass. Actually, I always play Brady plus two. So it would be Brady with, you know, Evans and Godwin or Evans and OJ Howard or Evans and Tyler Johnson. Some combination of two. But Brady not getting there if he's not dragging two with him. Brady I'll plus two. I, I, I agree with you. I've got the – so I, I – take a look at where these teams have scored and, and what they've given up to positions. So since I've been doing it this year, and then I project that out with a, a regression, um, linear regression model, but this is the highest projected quarterback and wide receiver combination in Tampa um, that I've seen so far this year, which, you know, for the reasons that we've. The highest we've of stated. the year, the highest of the year, you know, yeah. what more do you need to know? The highest of the year especially with a diminished 
amount of pass catchers for Tampa. You got to stay on this trend until Brown and Gronk come back, and then they spread out the targets, and it becomes much more difficult to figure out where the football is going. Right now, we have a pretty good idea of where it's going. Don't um, skip this one. This is a really, really um, prime target game for this week, guys. Do not blow it. By the way, talking about that model, Geek, do you, do you know what position has been the most um, predictable? No, I would based love to on know. based on points. Okay, uh, hit, 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 just hit. on on historical points for the season, it's been wide receiver by a decent margin. So now that's as a group, not this particular player, but as a group. So, so in the power rankings model, you're saying I can rely on the wide receiver projections to be relatively accurate. Well, in my in my uh, model where I break it down, I I have a model that I use on my own that I give you guys the snippets of here on the show. And um, that's based specific uh, solely on teams, how much they've given up to a position and how much teams have scored at that position. And then um, what they should do against each other. And of all the positions, the wide receiver has the best um, predictability of all of the positions. So, um, so I feel pretty confident that will get a lot of points here out of the Tampa wide receivers. Mayhaps we can add a tab right there. Yeah, I've contemplated it, man, but it's my own little secret weapon. But I'll, I've been contemplating throwing it up there for you guys. All right. <laughs> we'll talk. We'll talk after the show. I need to know. All uh-huh. right. All right. Um, moving on. Here we go. So that was the core four. Now we're going to get into just the rest of the games of the week. There were some exciting games, definitely some big DFS and betting angles to cover. So let's get started. Okay, the Saints Titans. Now, this didn't make the core four because it's a 44 and a half point total, but I'm obsessed with this game from a betting angle because you would think that the Titans at home against the Saints would be favored, say, by like nine, seven, seven and a half in this spot. Yet here we are, Titans only two and a half point favorites. Titans who have beaten the Rams, they've beaten the Bills, they beat all the good teams. What's going on here, John? Tell me. Yeah, I thought that too. Um, when I first looked at it, I'm like, ah, oh, kind of surprising. Then I looked at the the power ranking model. I had it right at three. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe they're looking at something similar here than uh, as I am. Right, I got a 25, 22, 47. What's the total? Yeah, I mean, frick, you know, that's damn close. Total, yeah. So 44 and a half. It's damn yeah, close. Yeah, I, I got it a little bit over that which seems to make sense, but but, I mean, my goodness. Yeah. You're right on. You're right. Spot on here. The, uh, the market. I, and what's scaring me about this game from a betting standpoint is I would have thought everyone would have been hammering Tennessee and they're on Tennessee, but it's not as much action as I, as I anticipated. Really? Yeah. So I find it odd. I would have, I would have put this as another game because Tennessee has just looked so good as of late. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the fact that people are, are still remembering the fact that they lost to the Jets. Usually, usually betters don't have that long of a memory. It's more about what happened last week. Um, so I, I find it interesting. They've beaten the top teams out there. I think uh, when I was watching Sunday Night Football, you know, they were talking about, well, who's the best team in the AFC now? And it's been a week-by-week basis. And they're like, well, maybe it's Tennessee, you know, which I don't think it is. But um, no. but I find it, you know, I, I, don't, I don't love New Orleans all that much as a team, um, the quarterback play. New I mean, Orleans got issues. Trevor Simeon yeah. at the helm. Um, I don't know not- why they didn't go. We, we thought they were going to go with Taysom Hill last week. I would have just done that. 
I think I mean, they should have experience do doing it. Yeah, I'm. I'm. So, I was surprised. I thought it coming off the. I don't really know. And and especially their personnel doesn't favor Trevor Simeon. They have no wide receivers. Um, Odell Beckham in the discussions. I you know probably a good place for him to end up. I guess. But um, you know, no no wide receivers on the team. They can't throw to anybody. So they have to run the football. The, their whole game revolves around throwing to Kamara. I guess. And now Mark Ingram's in there. It's it's a shit show. I don't they really were making get, Atlanta I don't look, really get it. Yeah, they made Atlanta's defense look really good for most of that game. Um, yeah, I didn't get it. I, I, I don't get it at all. Um, I don't know why Simeon would be the guy, but he was. And I, I was just waiting for, for them to, like at halftime, to just bring Hill in and say, all right, enough of this. I mean, we've seen Simeon, enough of Simeon, but – they didn't do it. Um, maybe because of the injury with him. Maybe Hill's not 100% ready to go. I don't know. Uh, concussions, that's not how concussions work. Yeah, I know. You're either, you're either concussed or you're Yeah, not. you're either ready to go or you're not. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know what happened there, to be honest. And and I think um, this line is weird. But the fact that you're telling me the public isn't all over Tennessee is now throwing me for an even bigger loop to the point where I was just thinking, listen, if the books are going to suck in all the money on the Saints – and they're just going to be super liable if the Saints win or cover the spread. I'm going on the book with the books, and I'll just – I can't bet Tennessee. I don't want to be going up against all of the sports books. That just seems stupid. And and um, I, I was going to say there's no reason to ever do that. If it, There's no reason to ever make a bet like that. You just don't do it. But in this case, I'm not sure what's going on here um, from betting angles. As far as DFS goes, the only thing that I'm, I'm interested in is – the Tennessee passing game, uh, you know, New Orleans stops the run. Um, Tennessee doesn't really have any running backs anymore anyway. They don't give a shit. So Ryan Tannehill's expectation for passing totals would be elevated in most scenarios. It elevates even more for me because this game is close. The low scoring spread aside, Titans don't throw to a lot of guys. They have two that they throw to, and that's it. And, and then Jeff Swain. Like, they only have two guys that they throw to. You don't have to worry about all of these other people. It's just the two. And and the fact that the Saints stopped the run tells you that most of the scoring should come off of the arm of Tannehill. So whereas I don't normally target quarterbacks in 44 and a half point total games, and I don't think this is a high scoring game. Don't get me wrong. Um, I do like the pass catchers. I like Adrian Brands a little, a little too spendy for me, but Julio Jones, fully healthy, may, maybe. At 54, 5,600 minimum, uh, sort of a cheapest price of the year level for Julio Jones. He's still Julio Jones. A healthy Julio is um, going to help. I want to. I want to come up with a um, a rhyme. Like a healthy Julio helps you have. Nah, forget it. I, I can't even. I can't do it on the spot. Healthy Julio. No hurt Leo this week. We're going with health Leo. That I like. Health like Leo, it. not hurt Leo this week. All right. I'm glad you like it, man. You're very pleased with yourself. You don't like yeah, health yeah. Leo. Health Leo. No, because you know what? It's the play you, on you, his name because you come, up with the, you come up with these names and then I wind up mispronouncing everyone's name for the rest of the, the season because, like, all right, Julio is fine. But hurt then you start. Leo. I'm still calling the guy friggin' Her Bear or whatever. You know, <laughs> and I'm like, son of a, a bitch. bear. Yeah. A bear. A bear. I'm like, it's fucking Herbert. There was another one that I came up with. Oh, uh, yesterday for NBA. Terry Rosier. You're, you're big in like, uh, you, you like to convert everyone to French. Yeah, French. French is a big one for me. Yeah. Yeah. Rosier. 
Um, okay. Hurt Leo. Turn into health Leo. But let me give you the let me here's the thing. You had the power rankings up there. That's based on Derrick Henry being in, right? On Derrick Henry outside of last week, he wasn't there, and they're still real low. Not real low, but 106. That's like, you know, we see Tennessee every week is projected for like 150 yards. So what New Orleans has been really, really good against running backs. Yeah, they're going to stop the run. Yeah. You're going to stop the run. Um, so you can't even touch the Tennessee running game. Well, I mean, McBitcoin's. A.K. McNichols, he's a more of a pass just catcher. Just use him in the passing game. Yeah, he's bit. more of a pass catcher, and you can play McBitcoins in this one. He didn't do well last week, but what you don't want to touch is old man Pointerson. Adrian Pointerson is now no. Adrian. Uh, yeah, no, we don't want none of that. Somebody's trying to trade me Peterson in my dynasty league for. Oh. I'm like, get the fuck out! I didn't, I didn't bid for him. Why are you but trying you know, to trade him to me? You know who else is really good against the run? It's Tennessee. Been pretty good. Been pretty good this year. And yeah. and New Orleans projected for season low level of run. I didn't even know Tennessee was that good against the run. They've can't, been pretty good. Saints know. can't throw, though. What are they going to do? Can't throw the football. Well, these are two. It's funny. They're two really good teams against the, the run. Or, you know, really good and pretty good. And two awful teams against wide receivers this year. So. Unfortunately. New Orleans doesn't have any wide receivers, so it's irrelevant. No. Actually, they do, and Traquan Smith and Marquise Callaway, but especially Traquan Smith is price actually in play here because you, yeah, it's hard to run on on the Titans, and and of course the Titans passing game. Do with it what you will. They only throw to two guys. That's always a nice thing, and a bunch of tight ends. Like it's just two wide receivers, and one of them happens to be incredibly cheap. Hashtag just saying. All right. Next up, we've got the Jaguars. Heading to Indianapolis to take on the Colts. Jaguars just beat the Bills. Therefore, we should consider them one of the best teams in the AFC. Because Bill Parcell says you are what you just did last week. And last week they beat the Bills. Now they got the Colts in the Dome. Colts are 10.5 point favorites. And, you know, again, I'm not a lay the 10.5 guy, especially on the Colts and Carson Wentz and hate the face and all of that. But um, any betting angles for you in this one? You, you, I mean, I, I don't think you can bet the Jaguars ever. Yeah, I don't love it. Um, I don't love the game from a betting standpoint, but not surprising. I mean, there's no money on Jacksonville. Like, no one's betting Jacksonville. This is a this is a feeling of like, again, we talked about it. Crappy team off, of, off a great win. They're not going to come back and do it twice. That's the uh, feeling. I do think the Jaguar team, this is not a good team. They're a better team. Then maybe they 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 had uh, show, they're a bottom third team, no doubt about it. But they're not the worst team. You're saying they're less bad than maybe you know the Jets. See, I think the you know I think the Jets are a little bit better than than maybe they've uh, less they've bad shown. than the Lions. Yeah, no, not, yeah, the Lions are pretty bad. Um, Houston's pretty bad. Like Houston's the worst team in the league. Yeah, you know I I think and I I think you'll see that Jacksonville gets to play uh houston in in the coming weeks and we'll, and we'll see how they look but i think jacksonville's gotten a little bit better um but i'm still not you know i'm still not jumping in here at the 10 and a half colt scare me uh a little bit this is a big talk about survivor pools um a lot of people had the colts last week if you didn't have them last week you're probably going to have them this week um this is the week to play them you can be scared all you want this is the week to play them yeah, I mean, you got to go, listen, you got to look at the numbers, 10-point favorite, 10.5-point favorite. Still, the odds are highly in your favor here that the Colts 
in, win this in, game. So in Survivor, does it get to at this point in the season? Does it get to the point where like early in the season, we're kind of like avoiding these like really obvious the the top survivor play of the week plays because hey, everybody's gonna be on it. Let's wipe out most of the pool. Are we now to the point where it's just like survive? We're in survivor mode. Like, hey, I don't care what the best game of the week, 70% of the pool already used the Colts so I can get on it. I'm not getting on chalk Colts anymore. I'm just getting on the right play. Yeah. It's totally, if, if, if you watch the show, I got the scratch and survivor show on it's, it's on so hard to do that show because it's really dependent on how many people are in your pool. So like last week, my brother was in a pool that only had six people left. He had the Colts and one other person had the Colts available to them. So, and he, you know, not that, not that I swayed his decision at all. He, he was on the Colts from the get-go. I said, you have to play the Colts because only one other person can. There's a chance you might take the entire pool down if that other person doesn't take the Colts. Sure enough, the other guy didn't take the Colts, which was idiotic. And uh, now he's down to two people. The only other person who won took uh, Pittsburgh. So in those situations, you know, it's situationally dependent. If you're in a large yeah. pool, you may say, you know, I'm going to take a shot here. And on some other teams and, and and whatnot. So when you get down to the end, it's very much game theory and who other people have. And, and you know, sure. it's the fun of it. So, all right, DFS angles real quick here. Um, there's a, I'm not a big like, uh, oh, well, there's a couple of pieces actually on both sides of this game that I think are interesting. Of course, Jonathan Taylor is one of the standout plays of the week for me. Um, again, he's in a zone where he's not a must play because there are six other really, really great, um, five or six other really great running backs at the top of the um, charts, so to speak, this week. You know, Taylor's right here next to, again, Harris uh, is in the zone. McCaffrey, who I like, um, is in the zone. But I love Taylor. Dalvin Cook, if if all was well, would be, um, you know, somebody that we'd be looking at. And Austin Eckler. So there's a nice little group up top here that all have some appeal. But Jonathan Taylor's up there, um, probably top two or three for me in the group. Again, Najee Harris is my favorite of them. But Taylor's right up there. He doesn't get as much of a workload or as much of his team's workload as maybe some others do, but his team runs more frequently to make up for it. So in the end, he winds up with similar amounts of opportunities to some of the other elite, but not quite there. You know, like he's got 21 in that last game against the Jets. You know, he had um, 19, 21. That, that's about where he hangs out in that 20 opportunities range, usually a couple of targets. He can definitely pop from there, but they're mixing in Naeem Hines quite a bit. Uh, so it's a little sketchy. Got the mute button in time for that one. Just uh, heads up there. Um, let's take a look at the power rankings for this game. And um, they tell us, where is it? You know, my brains are right up top, up top, up top. Up top. Oh, the, uh, oh, here we go. Okay, so right up top. So we definitely like the rushing yard totals, but the passing yard totals are pretty middling for the Colts. The one player on the Jackson, you know, and Michael Pittman's like the only player that I'm interested in. They don't have anybody else in the passing game, even of mild interest. So it's either Pittman or bust. Pittman priced up a little bit based on some big performances the last few weeks. So I'm definitely not playing Carson Wentz or he's not on my radar as somebody I want to play straight up. I think the Colts should be able to dominate Jacksonville and make it more of a run the football a lot type of a game. I don't think it's a Carson Wentz pops game. Could happen. Could be wrong, but that's how I'm playing it. And on the Jacksonville side, Dan Arnold is like the only piece that I want. Dan Arnold, that's my guy, okay? Seven targets on average every single week, seven to eight targets since he's been um, sort of on the team. Lawrence loves his tight ends. Colts, terrible against the tight end. 
Colts really bad, ranked I think 27th uh, against the tight end position. There's there's nothing like Dan Arnold is my chalk cash um tight end this week. I you know, there's some other spots you could play, but Dan Arnold is my chalk cash tight end of the week. Um 27th uh, against the tight end. Look at these targets, 7, 8, 10. I mean 8, 10. He's had a 10 target game. That's a that his target expectation is exactly the same as the tight ends who are priced at 5k. Yeah. And his, 6K. My projection, my projected points are slight, just barely underneath pits. Yeah. Yeah. Just barely underneath pits. Yeah. And he's half the price. So Dan Arnold, I love it. Um, John in agreement is, is my favorite tight end on this slate. Just, I love the price point. Uh, you know, there are other ones that I like, but he's the guy that I prefer. And any, do you have any other DFS interest in this game? I mean, Pittman a little priced up for the for the for the volume. Yeah, I'm not in love with the, with with a whole ton here. Um, like you, like you said, the power ranking is kind of middling in yardage, and that's the same thing I'm looking at when I'm looking at the um, the points that I'm expecting from the position. It's really um, it's really Arnold. I don't like um, you know the the running backs in this game on the uh, Jacksonville side. I don't want to touch. Uh, Taylor, absolutely. I think only, you know, and, and who knows, I think, uh, we talked about Heinz. Uh, we were talking about that off the air the other day. Cause I, I had, uh, Heinz in another league that of course I didn't play last week. I, I you know, you just don't know. I'd, I'd rather stick with Taylor in this game, I think. Yeah. And I'm not chasing uh, Heinz. I, I haven't played Heinz this year. Not even to play him. I'm more worried about, does he take away from, uh, from Taylor in this game? But I think you can go ahead and, and play Taylor and with some confidence. I think he will take away from Taylor, but it might it might not matter. And Taylor could still smash. It and, didn't and, matter last time. Yeah. yeah, it didn't really matter. So that's the big concern. But I do have Najee Harris ranked above Taylor um, in my in my rankings um, right now going into the week. So they're about the same price. Could go either way. Fine, whatever. But I, I have Najee. I have, him, I have him a touch over Taylor as well. All right, nice. Um, all right, Browns at the Patriots. Patriots, two and a half point favorites. John, it's it's at the betting handle, two and a half points. Get a little, get a little close there. Brownie, Scotty Newman's in here. He don't like anybody talking about the Browns, anything bad. It's it's shocking that the uh, money's coming in on New England. Why is the game. why are the it should be Browns minus two and a half? No. Yeah, I mean it. It just looks confused because you're like, but I guess the Patriots have been playing fairly, you know, fairly well. And my numbers, I think, were fairly pretty close. I think you got to scroll up. I remember looking at this because this game confused me a little bit. Uh, you keep passing it. It's up top. Right there. Yeah. So here we go. As, an even, as an even game. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, the, you know, we know the, uh, we know the, uh, the uh, rushing numbers always for, for Cleveland. Let, let me, let me throw some more DFS angles at you that might have some betting relevance. Um, Damian Snacks Harris got the, got the co- concussion. Might not play. His backup, Raymondre Stevenson, also concussed. Might not play. Now, I don't know that they won't play, but they both, as of now, are not practicing, and they're in the protocol. So that leaves only Brandon Bolden and J.J. Thomas. J.J. Thomas is a gadget player, not doing anything. J.J. Taylor, not Thomas, whatever. Gadget player, not doing anything. It means (laughs) Brandon Bolden might be the workhorse back for the Patriots, and on the flip side, Chubb out with the vid, Hunt still out this week. That means Dearness Johnson 
is getting the full workload, full 159-yard workload for the Browns. So from a DFS angle, all-in lock button play, chalk, whatever you want to call it, Dearness Johnson, best play on the slate. And the reason he's the best play, people ask me good chalk and bad chalk, and I'm going to get into this for a second. And I'm going to explain the difference between a Dearness Johnson and you know some other running back. Like, oh, I'll give it to you. Uh, Singletary, who we're going to talk about in the next game. The difference is, right, both of these guys probably have the full workload. The difference is Dearness Johnson is on the team that produces fantasy points to the running backs regularly. It's expected that a Cleveland running back will be heavily involved because that is the style of football that the Cleveland Browns play. On the flip side, whereas Devin Singletary's matchup is on paper better, we'll see it right here. In, in in the numbers, actually, I'm a little surprised that this is how terrible the Jets' defense is. But, in, I mean, Singletary's on a team that doesn't regularly produce um, really good fantasy outcomes to the running back position. So there's a much higher bust possibility with Singletary, who I also like, than there is with Dearness Johnson on a team that is a, running fo- a run-focused team. So um, let, let me give you the number on Cleveland – running backs this year for points above fantasy points above average of the teams that they've played. It's at the running back 12.64 points above average that they, so if you, if a team gives up 20 points on average, they're, they're scoring 32. Um, So, and there's, and think about, I'll just tell you the second best team is Tennessee and that's mostly Henry and he was seven. So there's a significant difference now in the past, of course, that's being chopped up between a couple of running backs. So that, to your point, it's smash time. It's smash time. It's smash time, guys. I need a I need a graphic. Smash time. Smash time. Somebody make me a graphic. Smash time. I love it. That's a John special. Watchers, make us a graph. Smash time. Let's go, let's go. Let's get that going. All right. That, that used to have different meaning twenty years ago in my life, but. Now it's all about fantasy football. I don't know. That's a that's a an era long. Be, but that smash time, I never get smash time, so I don't know. <laughs> I'm married. Um, all right. So, <sighs> New England. I'm not interested in anything on the Patriots. No, oh, actually, I will say there's some smidge of interest in Brandon Bolden if he's the only guy. You could play some Brandon Bolden if he's the only guy. He catches passes. He does everything that you need out of a running back for super, super cheap. So actually, I will have some interest there in Brandon Bolden if the other two are out. And of course, Cleveland, we're going to smash smash time with Ernest Johnson. Okay, moving on. Bills at the Jets. 12-point favored Bills taking on the Jets, who have the great white hope at the helm, Mike White, El Savior, as we call him in New York. You know, he's known as El Savior, which means the savior. That's what Jets fans are calling him. Did you know this? It's going around in New York. Yeah, I've I've heard. I've heard the rumors. I yeah. mean, I listen, I've seen Tom Brady in my lifetime. I've I've watched Kurt Warner. Let me ask you a question. I'm, I'm what, thinking what this round, is the next one. What round was Tom Brady drafted in? Sixth round. What round was Mike White drafted in? Uh, you're going to tell me he was a sixth-round draft pick? I don't even know. I just made it up. I don't know. I don't know. 
I just made that. Who was he? he was drafted by who? The Cowboys or who was it? Not the Jets, obviously. It could have been Cleveland. I, I'm not even sure. It's some yeah. Midwestern team. I, I don't. I don't yeah. actually remember who is Vikings, maybe something like that. But you know, this feels a little bit like you know the emergence of the Kirk Cousins behind RG three. Kurt Warner. I mean, John did. This Warner. is why this John is why we need the smash time graphic on the screen. Because everything we just said was Gary still needed to confirm it. Yeah, no need to. Right, you, you, you're taking Johnson and Dash games. But if we put smash time on the screen, Gary, would that have been enough? Like, oh, I know what's up. It's smash time. Let's fucking smash that button, you know, and then we wouldn't have needed to confirm it. Like, that's what I'm saying. We we need the graphics smash time. Smash the lock button. Yes. Um, so with the Jets here, um, with the Jets here. Bills, they're going to do whatever they want. They're going to do, you know, Josh Allen's coming off that horrible game. You know, it's start off a dud. They don't need, you know, it's the Jets are going to have a hard time. I don't, Jets are keeping up in this game. I mean, can they keep up? Can you bet the Jets side of this? Dude, the, the, the money's, the money and the tickets are like 50 50. Yeah, because it's great white hope. I told you, Mike White. Dude. I'm, uh, you know, it kind of sucks that he got hurt in that game last week. I was really looking forward to watching him uh, play after that, after the uh, the really good game that he had two weeks ago. So we'll see. I mean, he'll be tested this week, that's for sure. Um, but what I watched of him in that first week looked a whole lot better than Wilson, that's for sure. But then, you know, Johnson came in and had a monster game last week. Josh Johnson, who we haven't seen in. Uh, in a while who, you know, most people probably didn't even realize he was on the jets. So we'll see. I mean, uh, the Buffalo defense, you know, I'm not, I'm not typically, um, targeting against them, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to expect. You know, it's hard. It's hard to know. Was it, was it a one-off sort of thing for the kid? Why he, he, he did look good in the brief amount of time he played on Thursday night as well, but we'll see. He looked great for that. That's what I'm saying. Like even for the quarter that he played, Kid look good. And and you know what? The team is telling you they like him for real because Zach Wilson can play this week, but they're not playing him. There's something going on in Jetstown. There's something going on here. I'm telling you. All right. So if you do want to sort of play this game for DFS purposes, I think the Bill side, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna throw the statistic at you, John. Stefan Diggs has yet, and we're we're week 10, has yet to produce a tournament-worthy score. He has yet to cross, like he's not, you cannot count on him for 10 plus targets each game. And he has not yet once been worth playing in DFS, not once this season. They're spreading the football around. So even if you play Josh Allen, he's much better paired with Manny Sanders or Dawson Knox, if Knox plays, or some non-Stefan Diggs pay-up option. The other issue is, as you know very well, um, on your power rankings, not on the power rankings, but on your um, QB sheet that we have as well, the QB um, stack sheet, you really want a cheaper stack. Like the, the points per dollar value on the stack, 60 points isn't as valuable for me. Um, between a combo of QB and wide receiver when both of them are priced up massively. So um, there, there is merit to stacking Josh Allen, but I'm much more interested in stacking him with the turdlier priced guys like Beasley 
and uh, Manuel Sanders, both of whom their price have risen to the point where they're fully, fully baked in all of the value that they might have. They're not, there's no bargain on any of these guys that are tied into Josh Allen. Um, and I kind of like, I kind of like Devin Singletary in this game. Devin Singletary is going to be the guy that doesn't have to compete. The Jets are the worst team against the run and your own power rankings. So I want to, I want to go to reference this, John 141. So the bills are not even a running team. They're not a team that produces above average rushing expectations, but the jets are so bad against the run that I believe let, let's take a look at the main sheet to see if I'm right. Hold up. Let's put, let's, let's see if we can see this. I don't think the reason that that is happening. Where are the bills? Here we go. Bills. Offensive, offensive rushing. They're slightly above. They're almost average, right? Yeah. This is like very mildly. So, what is the number that's producing this outlier? It's but this. See that here's the thing with that number. So that number is a lot of a lot more Josh Allen. If you look at Buffalo from a fantasy points um, by position, they've been really terrible at the running back position, right? But the Jets minus are by far like it's not close, right? So the Jets give. I, I gave you the whole thing with Cleveland. Well, the Jets are the flip side of that uh, as a. Uh, what they give up, they give up almost 13 points over the average of the teams that they play to the running back. The next closest is Detroit at eight. So that just gives you an idea of how bad they've been to um, to running backs. So that's why. But again, the reason that we like Johnson better than Singletary is because Johnson's playing a team that's terrible against the run and they are focused on running the ball. Yes. As opposed yes. to, there's a chance that Buffalo just says, you know what, we're going to continue to do what we think is good, and despite, or you know, what we're good at, despite what the Jets are bad at, because we're just much better than them at what we're good at anyway, and we're not going to change our game plan. I think that's the risk that you run here with Singletary. Hundred percent, hundred percent. That that is exactly right. Singletary going to get all the touches. Amazing matchup, all the goodness. Except just the Bills are not always going to focus enough on the run to produce. 20 carries even when they have two running backs or 20 touches opportunities for running backs even when there are two or one it doesn't matter but with that being said there's also some incredible attractive running backs to pay up for on the slate but again with all of that said Devin Singletary is a really good fucking play it's a good probably, play the, the yeah. one other thing I would say is you know a lot of these statistics are without white as the quarterback now if this kid is going to play as well as he has that changes the, the what the Jets give up to running backs as well because now you're going to get teams throwing the ball a whole lot more. A lot of that running back, those running back numbers were the fact that you know the Jets are down in games and teams are just pounding on them. But if this kid's going to score with you, then you're going to have to throw the ball as well. And then so that's another scenario that can happen to diminish some of uh, Singletary's returns. Uh, Damon is over here throwing some some cold water on the Dearness Johnson all in play, talking about. Chubb's got two negative tests in, in 24 hours. Um, yeah, that uh, would that would certainly change it. That would change everything. So, of course, if Chubb plays, shift your interest from, you know, uh, Dearness Johnson over to Chubb, and Chubb will then split with Dearness, and then you can no longer smash button uh, Gary. So he's he's only a cash lock if, if Chubb is out. Let's clarify that. Oh, okay. So Damon's saying if he needs to. I don't think he's getting. I think he got the bit. So I don't think it's like a false positive. I think he has COVID. 
It's not that common that people false positive for for the vid. Uh, I don't think you get false positives. You get false. You do. You do get false. You do. No, you get the um the PCR, but you're not the other one. But I'm saying yeah. you do get false positives. But like it's not that common. Neg- you don't get false negatives. You get there's false no positives. false negatives right, from what right, I understand. Right. But there are false positives. So yeah. So all right, damn, you scared the shit out of me, bro. Come on. Got me nervous. I'm like, what? He's had two already. What? what? No. Um. So you don't. You know, if he has the vid, he's not. He's not gonna. You know, yeah, he's not going to um, have that happen. All right, so Jetside, uh, you know what? We spent a lot of time in this game, probably too much. But Jetside, any interest in anyone? Michael Carter, you want to go back to that? I mean, it's the Bills defense. They're good. But it is Mike White. Got to play the Jets. Corey Davis? Yeah, it's going to be – I think I think you could. Yeah, maybe maybe some Davis. I think, you know, the numbers are hard. This one's going to happen. Get the numbers. Throw your numbers. Yeah, Sometimes right, you got to throw the numbers out. You, so this is. By the way, great white hope is is that like? Are, you think you can catch on? I'm I'm trying to make it a thing. <sighs> Who knows? Yeah, are, is is 2022? Yeah, 2021. Is it too late for know, that? People might. His people name might is his name is Mike White. It's not like it's not like the Rocky thing. Listen, I don't want to I don't want to offend anybody, and I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Same for Mike White. It's Jerry Cooney all over again, man. I'm fucking getting canceled. His name is Mike White. Do you remember Jerry Cooney? No. Jerry Cooney, the heavyweight, he fought Larry Holmes. Dude, a New York guy. I don't know anything about that. Jerry Cooney was a great White Hope, and then no, uh, there was only one great White. Tommy Tommy Morrison was the only great White White Hope. Tommy Morrison. Tommy Morrison sucked. Yeah, but he was the you know he was the hope. The hope was dashed. Yes, it was. Yeah. All right. Don't cancel me. Um, Detroit Lions, Pittsburgh Steelers, Steelers, eight and a half point road. Wait, home? Oh, Heinz Field. Yeah, home favorites. Steelers, uh, eight and a half point home favorites. Lions coming off probably the worst played football game uh, in the NFL this year, and that includes the Jets, and that includes the Jaguars, that includes the Texans. Nope. The the Lions have the distinction of having played the worst game of the season when the Eagles came in and absolutely manhandled them. Now they're going into Pittsburgh, tough place to play against the Steelers. Najee Harris on the Steelers uh, team, in case you didn't know. Any betting angles here? Because um, uh, I will say my boy, Cuz uh, Gargano, did have a um, heavy five-star play in this game. He likes Detroit. No, uh, yeah, he de- he loves Detroit. Figured that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Detroit in this game as well. Plus, the, this this was going to open at seven and a half. It's up to eight. And, what do you have at eight and a half for now? Now, across there, nine some pl- in some spots. Um, it was going to open at seven and a half, and um, yeah, but and it moved up. But you know, Detroit's coming off. They had the week off last week, right? Pittsburgh looked. I mean, they were in control of that game Monday night and then really should have lost. I mean, they should have lost that game. That was one of the worst officiated games I've ever seen. Um, I needed Pittsburgh to win the game. I wasn't disappointed in it. But, man, the referees were dropped. That Sunday night game and the Monday night game, that was not a good night for referees. It was ridiculous. They they stole the the Bears. I I felt bad for Bobby uh, Bobby Wow. Yeah. Well, I don't feel bad for Bobby Wow. I mean, Bobby Wow's had enough success, but. I mean, if your name is Bobby Moneybags, aka yeah, Bobby Duck, I mean, you know, aka Bobby, Bobby. Millions, yeah, I mean, I love Bobby. yeah. But my brother's a Bears fan, so I it never hurts my feelings when the Bears lose. Although I, he needed it, 
in that survivor pool, that was the other pick that the guy won was Pittsburgh. So he oh, no. he would have won the whole survivor pool. Could have been a nice payday for yeah, your brother. That, By the way, when John pool. says his brother is in a survivor pool, his brother's not in the survivor pool like you and I that costs a hundred bucks to get into. Just be be aware. His brother's in like the fifteen hundred dollar uh, entry survivor pool or the twenty five hundred dollars. No, nah, he's in. It's a, it's a it's a he's in just a regular old. Survivor oh, it's a regular. Oh, no, yeah. about that shit. I he's in a small that one that I used money. to. I used to go. I, I didn't even go in. It was, it was small, which is why it's down to two people. Oh, forget um, that. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, the one I'm the 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 ones that I'm in are some pretty uh, good money. So we're yeah. We're, you we're, these are heavy hitter uh, games, but. But let's let's get back into this this game right here. So Steelers at home again. Najee Harris, the clear best play on the slate. By the way, I, I want to point something out about Najee Harris because the Steelers aren't that good of a team overall. They're they're kind of a bad team right now with Ben literally lo lobbing up floaters. Like if you watch, if you're watching the game, you see that the man cannot throw the football deep with accuracy or even 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 with the spiral. It's weird to watch it. Like there, he's throwing up wobblers like you've never seen from. Ben Roethlisberger before, but look at the usage on Harris. This is Le'Veon Bell. That might compare. I, I think I, I don't know if I said it. I wrote it in my notes for, for the week. Harris is being used as vintage Le'Veon Bell. 25 opportunities, 29 opportunities, 30 opportunities, 20, um, 27, 28, 20, 21. This guy's getting touches like, like Christian McCaffrey level. Yeah, he's and he's good. I mean, early in the year, he was on the field every play, and they just weren't using him a lot. I think they were just kind of easing him into the offense. It's full on now. I mean, they're just using him. 20 points week two, 31, 21, 25, 24, 21, 16. And, and these numbers reflect good opponents. Cleveland, Chicago, Seattle, Denver, Green Bay. T you know, quality opponents. Now he Yeah, gets the numbers the haven't gotten there yet. At the running back position, because I think it's it, it's trending in the right direction. They're still under average um, at the running back position for total points because they've been playing good teams and they're not yeah. that good. Now you get the Lions. Now so the Lions, yeah, they're king. Yeah, we talked about the Jets. Lions are the second worst team against the running back. And when you figure out the trend in the direction that Pittsburgh's been going, coupled with that, I think you have to like Harris this week. I think he gets a ton of touches. And he'll do something with those touches as well. So look for him to get into the end zone at least once. Um, so yeah, this this should be a pretty big. Uh, this will be another smash game for um, for Harris. Even if Detroit's hanging in this game, like you know, I know the narrative is going to be well. You know, Detroit's going to. I mean, uh, you know, Pittsburgh will go up twenty one points, and and then it's all Harris. I think even if the game is tight, it's all Harris. It's all Harris, no matter what. Yeah. The, the Steelers offense runs through Harris. So you don't need a narrative. Even if they're behind, it's all Harris. They, Harris is going to be in the game no matter what. Uh, the only question I have is, can you play Swift? I, I, you know, I don't like anybody on the pass catchers for the Steelers, by the way. I don't like, well, Kevin, you don't like cheat code Deontay Johnson? What are you? Are you mad, sir? No. The problem is cheat code Deontay Johnson was priced at 6K, at 5,900, at 6,100. And his 18 to 22 point expectation was just fine especially in cash games. Now that he's closer to 7K, you you want to, I, I don't like it. I don't like the guy when he's priced next to DK Metcalf or Mike Evans or CeeDee Lamb or Stephon Diggs or, you know, or all of these other studs. He's too close to the studs. 
Johnson is more of a cash game guy who's going to get you a consistent 18 fantasy, 16 to 20. He's not the guy who puts up 35. And so I don't love Deontay Johnson as a DFS play outside of maybe if you want to get a little silly in cash and kind of like build some floor with him. But I still think you can do better. Um, as far as the lion side, I don't like any of their pass catchers. Hawkinson, maybe a little bit. Fryermuth on the Steelers, always interested in the Fryermuth. That's my dude. But as far as um, the Lions, I think it's DK Swift or Bust. Um, uh, you know, I don't really like Hawkinson in this spot. He's okay. I don't like the price. I don't want paying all the way up for a tight end that's probably only going to get six or seven targets. I can get Dan Arnold and six or seven targets for half the price. So um, do you think Swift is interesting here? My take was... If Swift's going to be low owned, I'm interested in, but, but if he's going to be 15% owned in tournaments, I'm probably, I think that's probably more than enough and I don't really need to get there, go there. Yeah. I'm just kind of looking at what I had him at. One last thing though. If, 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 uh, if the great one, Anthony Gargano is correct and the lions are covering in this game or winning it, then Swift is going to be popping off. That's yeah. the only way it happens. Yeah. I mean, the Pittsburgh has been good against the running back. We know Swift is not a traditional type of running back. He's going to really be their passing game. So I think you can, you can throw a little bit of that out. Um, yeah, I could, I could certainly, I, I could certainly see Swift. I mean, as of right now, I was just looking at my numbers. I had him at like 7%. Uh, seems about right. So football Jesus is asking about if it's too, uh, like if, if Harris will be all chalk and, and, and if he's fadeable or like, would it be a wise decision to fade him? I can get, I can pull up uh, an ownership projection, I think, but uh, I, you know what? I can pull up an ownership projection, but as of right now, I, I, I think with all of the studliness at, at the top of the list here, I don't think Harris will go so chalky that it's going to actually be a thing. Like, I, I don't know that Harris will be so much higher owned even than Eckler or Taylor or any, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, 20, like low 20, something like that on Harris. So you got... We'll have to wait until... We'll have to wait. There's no knowing on a, on a Thursday what the ownership really... It's hard to predict. It's it's always tough because yeah. of, you know, we don't know the Chubb situation. and Because that Johnson's going to be like 40% owned if he's playing... I'll uh, have him 100%. Right, he'll be hundred percent. You know, he'll be forty percent, and and but that of course changes everything when when Chubb's in. So yeah, hard to project the uh, ownership right now. But I think I think uh, for Harris in the low twenties, or not. I think it might just be another sixteen percenter. But yeah, at low twenties, I think is correct. That's what he should be. Yeah, um, that's where you should be with and, him. And I'll be. I'm going to try to be over the field on Harris. I think he's just in too agree. good of a spot. Um, I have another guy who I love to go over the field on, but I want to get to that game. I won't spoiler it. Here it is, though. It's up. So we could talk about it. We got the Panthers at the Cardinals. Cardinals home, 10 and a half point favorites. Unknown quarterback situation for the Panthers. Cam is back, man. He signed. Did he sign during I'm the show? Re- he was, yeah, he was I was just there. Reading. He signed like while we were on the air. Okay. So Cam has signed with the Panthers. Doesn't mean he's going to start this week, but he might. I think the Panthers' prospects are diminished with Cam. I actually don't think he's better. I think he sucks. And um, I don't like Cam at all. I think Cam ruins a lot. But can Cam deliver the football to Christian McCaffrey, which is really all we care about? 
I don't know. Now with Cam signing, the whole thing is is upside down. But um, I will say this, Cardinals, I don't think that, I do not think that Kyler Murray is going to play. So I don't think he's ready. He's not practicing yet. It's it's he, Thursday. He did not practice today again. Yeah, he's not going to play. He's not going to play. We're going to get another week Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy is fine, but the the offense functions a little differently with Colt McCoy in there. Um, he's actually quite competent as a quarterback. He's fine. Um, they clearly leaned on the Terminator, James Conner, last week, and I'm looking for more of the same. Um, yeah, a little Eno Benjamin mixed in, whatever, but Chase Edmonds will be out. So got to have some interest in James Conner, even if Carolina is known as a what is your what is your number say? Because Carolina is a little bit of a bluff uh, elite run defense, or is it real? No, it's legit. Right? It's tough to okay. run on them. Um, they've been good. They've been good against across the board. They've been good. Good against the above average against quarterbacks. Um, up in the close to the elite level against running backs, and similar against wide receivers um, as well. So, yeah, it's you haven't gotten rich playing against Carolina all that much. Arizona still does project for 103 rushing yards. A little bit of that is yeah, normally what Murray. Murray would do. Yeah, that's Murray. Um, so you gotta, so you gotta take that into account. Just looking at Arizona. I mean, Arizona's wide receivers are where they've made the most amount, um, of points, but again, these are Murray numbers, right? So they're one of the top teams wide receiver wise points for, um, it's like the Rams, Tampa, Dallas, and then Arizona. So, uh, Arizona and Minnesota are right, right there they're, with each other. They're those things, but they're not the easiest DFS play because they have all those guys. Right. I don't know who's back. Quite honestly, I don't know if AJ Green's over the COVID. He's an older man, so it could take him a longer, a little longer to recover. He's, he's in that like, high risk. Yeah, he's in that. Yeah, he's age group. Yeah, yeah, he's in the um, high risk, like senior yeah. seniors. Yeah, older guys. They 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 um, take a little longer to recover from the COVID. Um, DeAndre Hopkins kind of banged up uh, last week. We saw that Christian Kirk is the guy when the others are out. So you know, if it goes that way again, and we want to play some Christian Kirk, I'm I'm fine with it. But beyond that, um, the Arizona side, I think it's James Conner or Bus for me, um, for yeah, the most part. Is, it's not a and, fun game. And he's not in a great spot. And no, the one guy I do like, though, and it's just forget the numbers that you've seen. Christian McCaffrey might be sub 5% owned this week. And he is priced at the same levels as a lot of these other human wide receiver uh, running backs. And he's Christian McCaffrey. So all I'm going to say is anytime I can get very, very low owned Christian McCaffrey. I'm interested in that. He can't, you know, he's back. He's got a full week. He played the last week, you know, so there's a little more confidence in the hammy. There's a little more confidence in the health situation going on here. And he got a lot of the touches last week, 14 carries, five targets. It's not Christian McCaffrey level production, but it was something. Will he elevate back up to 28 touches? I don't know. Can't count on it. But if you're going to give me Christian McCaffrey, at sub 3% ownership. I'm interested Period. Just just purely as a DFS, could uh, Najee Harris still a better play, much safer, better matchup, all of that. But Christian McCaffrey is purely like a GP play. No one's going to play him. I'm playing him. Play him some tournaments. I don't. Give yeah, it's a, it's it's a good GPP play. I said I had heard that from a doctor where with his injury, generally that first week back, you can you can figure about seventy five percent of production. That's what's happened historically with running backs coming off of that uh, type of an injury. And then it, 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 it'll start to, of course, increase closer to 100% production. So he's probably not going to be 100%, but like you said, his 100% was 32 points. Um, you know, so if he, can, if he can pop off at low ownership, there's potential there. But 
strictly GPP and not high. I mean, I'm going to be in the high single digits probably. And, and, you know, I'm not going to go crazy with it. And if he's, he's not going to be more than that. I don't think if he is, so be it. Um, but you're hoping at that point, you know, if you're seven to 9% on him, and like you said, if he go if he comes in at 3%, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled. I'll take a shot. Yeah. It's, it's worth a couple shots is all. I still, like I said, I like Taylor better. I like Harris better. I like maybe Dalvin cook better if, if the offensive line is okay. So there are all these other players that I probably like a little bit better in the zone, but it doesn't matter. It's an ownership play first and foremost. And you got to just do that in DFS and, you know, close your eyes and hope for the best. It's not what I'm doing in my 150 entry um, or, or in my spy entry or anything like that, but I'm going to do it here. Um, all right. I think it's the last game on the docket. Unless we missed one, let us know in the comments um, if we missed one here, but we've got the Eagles at the Broncos. Um, pretty gross game. Broncos three point favorites. Eagles coming, you know, Eagles coming in, you know, up and down team. Really good game from uh, Devonta Smith last week. Jalen Hurts doing his thing again last week. So he's he's been great all season long. It continues as much as maybe he's not um, been the best uh, real life quarterback. He has been a great fantasy quarterback, priced down to a middling level at this point. Um, yeah, I did, actually didn't do a whole lot last week here, as we see, but I don't know how the hell they scored last week um, if it wasn't from him. But nonetheless, Devonta Smith had the big week. They're going into Denver. Uh, what do you think of the line here? Yeah, on the uh, on the line, I don't I don't particularly care for this game at all. You're looking at the market is kind of confused on this one as well, so they're kind of 50-50. It's um, no one really has a strong opinion either way. I haven't seen any real sharp money coming in on this. So yeah, this is it's just not an exciting game. Not going to be exciting in DFS either. I mean, this is a game I pretty much I, I can't really see anything good um, coming out of this game from from a DFS standpoint. I don't even like any pieces in this game. Like usually, yeah, it looks pretty gross on it. Looks gross on both sides. Um, you know, you don't want those running backs on Philly. They're disgusting. Um, Denver, the whole team. The only thing that you might be interested in here, I think, is like, I don't know, Cortland Sutton's kind of priced down a little bit. He pops off every once in a while. Like, keep him in your GPP pool, I guess. Um, Denver, you know, Jerry Judy's kind of cheap. And again, he pops off every once in a while. Th those are those are the only sort of semi-angles that I have. But even that, like, why bother? There's going to be other been, players in their price Philly's range. been really good against wide receivers. They've been pretty good against the quarterbacks. Like, and you know you're going up against a team that really hasn't produced all that all that much at those positions. I mean they've been subpar, pretty much across the board, um, fantasy wise. So yeah, I'm not I'm not getting overly excited yeah. about anyone in this game. All right, I think that's going to do it for the game plan NFL Week Ten, guys. A reminder: if you want John's bets, his official plays, he's giving out a free bet of the day every single day on the sharp app and John's one of the sharpest handicappers in the business. I'm going to tell you that everywhere else, if you wanted a, a bet of the day from John, you'd be paying him 50 bucks a day for that bet. Like what you're getting for free on the sharp app, compare odds, bet of the day from John um, game centers with all the player props in one spot. I'll tell you what everyone here, like DFS guys would like, so we've got uh, a big, uh, big. We call it the Val's Big Payday Parlay. They do love so, the big parlays. Yeah, you could just play like a five. You know, put five bucks on these parlays. Val's been doing it like 
four or five days now and are, and has hit one already at like plus 12 1300 um so yeah you put a couple of bucks on them just for fun they're lottery tickets like playing dfs gpps like you don't go in expecting that you're going to win a big gpp you put a couple of bucks on like like uh, most people do and you hope for the best so these actually you'll have a better chance of hitting these than some of these big gpps that are out there I love it. Yeah, the Vals Parlay, of course, it's going to hit like the plus 1400 in the first week. So that was really, really cool. You only need one of those a year, by the way. And, and he's going to he's going to nail a few more this season. Again, not financial advice, but if you want to um, get John's plays of the day, if you want to learn about sports betting with the Sharp Academy training course, we're constantly adding more um, evergreen sports betting strategy content. That is a major focus on the Sharp app. So you just check it out. It's a free app. You download it. Uh, you go to the Apple store. You go to the Android store, whatever kind of phone you have. Type in the type in Sharp app. You can get this. You can get this app for free on your phone. You've got the Wise Guy Show with me and Gargano. You've got so many great pieces of content, great articles, and of course, comparing odds and all the player props you need, and a great game center if you just want to experience the games a little bit differently. If you're you're not you know you're not home, you got to bet. You're following. Go to the game center. You can follow the action. It's very, very cool. Um, it's very, very cool stuff. So make sure to check that out. And of course, support our sponsor, Owner's Box Fantasy. Um, they have a game where you just go to Owner's Box Fantasy, the NBA game. You, they give you a $10 entry to this game for free. You don't have to enter a credit card, nothing. All you do is go sign up. You got to use the link in the description of the show. You have to use that link. And then you use promo code NBA10, and they give you a $10 entry to the big NBA weekly contest. It's very cool. And go check it out for free. If you don't like the format, say, fuck you. We're gone. But if you like the format, hopefully you win your contest. You keep playing. You don't put any money in. Or if you like the format, you go make a deposit, do whatever you got to do. But go check it out. They support the show. And we love them for that. But we also actually love their game. So definitely check that out. And we will be back next time with another game plan. Good luck this week, everybody. We will see you at the top of the leaderboards. Later.